Hello and welcome to Journal Sessions on the Bold Love Podcast with Pastor Bob Roberts Jr. Journal Sessions is a weekly podcast that features a look inside of Pastor Bob's journal as he talks about the things that he's been thinking about deeply and praying about deeply, along with stories from his journey. So on this week's journal session, Bob shares some of his recent reflections on something that is not going as planned and how to keep your feet moving when you feel like you've been led into a desert. Take a listen. I was so ignorant in what I believed as a young pastor getting started out. I knew it would be hard in the early days to start the church, gather families, get it moving forward, build the momentum, the buildings that would need to be built, the programs that would need to be established, all of that. I I knew it would be challenging, but I had this idea that if I just learned enough, it wouldn't be that hard. If, if I could learn everything from Rick Warren and John Maxwell and, and people like that, they could give me everything I need, tell me everything I needed to know, and, and I would be home free and it'd be a piece of cake. Guess what? Man, was I wrong. There were so many challenges and headaches and heartaches. And, and I discovered an old principle that most people know, nothing ever goes the way that you plan for it to. It takes longer. It's a lot harder. I remember the first time that I learned that was in 1992. Our church had built a little chapel, and we had a chance to sell the chapel and the land that it was on and buy 50 acres just down the road from where we were. We put a pen and paper to it, it, figured it out, and and we figured we could do it probably in about 18 months, uh, rent a little shopping center and and get the land secure that we were going after and build a, a little building on it. Yeah, that was four and a half years later. As a matter of fact, I was I was so exhausted and weary and tired that sometimes I thought I'd give anything if I could just stop doing this. I'd made a statement to our church uh, that I'd heard Tom Wolf say that in the early church, it was politicians that moved around, but pastors who stayed. And so I got up as a stubborn East Texas and I East Texan and I said that. And I said, you know, I'm here for the long haul. And it's always about the time that we make a statement like that that God goes, okay, let's just see. And it was rough. I wanted to leave, and probably Northwood wanted me to leave. But I knew God had called us to do something, and I knew it was hard, and I knew I couldn't turn my back on it. And it's literally out of that four years of famine, of financial hardship, of losing people because the shopping center was too far away, and we transitioned the way that we'd done church from from somewhat traditional to very contemporary that I had to learn what it meant to endure and not give up. It was in that context. I had the Holy Spirit show up and ask me the question, Bob, when is Jesus going to be enough for you? I want to talk to you about endurance. What does it mean to be in it for the long haul? Because the truth of the matter is, if you're really going to follow God and you're going to live out his kingdom, this idea that You're going to come up with 10 easy steps, and it's going to work out good. And you're going to have some hard times, but you're going to overcome it. It's going to be a piece of cake thereafter. It's just not true. One of my spiritual heroes and one of my spiritual fathers, Roy Fish, who taught uh, at evangelism at Southwestern Seminary, died 10 years ago. But I remember him telling me as as he was uh, in, in, in the ending years of his life, he told me, he said, Bob, when you follow Jesus, You just need to know it's not going to get easier. It just keeps getting harder. Man, that depressed me. 
I didn't feel joy. I didn't feel nothing. I thought, dang, I don't want that to happen. But you know what? He was right. It does get harder. I would like to tell, especially you young people that are listening, that it's going to get easier if you just do all these things. But I really can't tell you that. But that doesn't mean that it's not going to be victorious. Doesn't mean that you're not going to grow deep. Doesn't mean that you're not going to make a big impact. It just means that there are things that come and things that we don't have that we're called upon to have. And God's going to put them within us, but sometimes it takes time. Matthew 24, 13, Jesus says, The love of many will grow cold, but he who endures to the end will be saved. He was speaking in the little apocalypse about his second coming. What is endurance about? You know, I grew up, I was a fat, short, stumpy little kid, and I played football, and I was such a big kid in the little town I was at immediately. They put me on the first team, and I wasn't that good. I was just big. I couldn't block people, but I could clog up the hole. But I hated the workouts. I remember we'd run for 15, 20 minutes. I couldn't stand it. And I would be running, and I thought, I can't make it. I'm not going to make it. But we would. It's funny thing is I got older and, and uh, was at my first church pastor, and I began to run first a mile a day and then three miles a day. And ultimately, it led to where I'd be running between an hour and an hour and a half every day. I miss it. I had to have my knees replaced, my hip, not from the running, maybe a little bit, but more so from, from all the football injuries that I had. But one of the things that I learned was when you run long distances, you get in this rhythm, you get a pace, and you can do it. And, and, and even in the midst of that difficulty, when it's hot and sweaty and, and, and your muscles are in pain, there's this, I don't know, something kicks in, adrenaline or something, and it's as if there's this freedom that you feel. Let me share with you some things about making it for the long haul, finishing the race, because that's what matters. I don't like the phrase church starter. I like the phrase church finisher. Think about that. Are you a finisher? Everybody wants to start something. Are you a finisher? Can you hang in there for the long haul? Can you keep getting back up when you get knocked down? I want you to understand, first of all, that God is about the long game. He doesn't do shortcuts. And, and you know, I, I've always wondered, what is that about? Why, why, why can't he just hurry up and do it if he's God? Well, sometimes he hurries up and sometimes he doesn't. But that's only as I perceive it, because God is Lord even over time. He transcends time. Time doesn't mean to him what it means to us. Peter got this. He said in 2 Peter 3, 8 and 9, with the Lord a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. It really comes out of one of the Psalms. And he goes on to say, because some of them have given up, it's Jesus coming back. And he goes on to say, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise. When God tells you he's going to do something, just because it takes a long time or just because you don't see it in the near future doesn't mean it's going to happen. God gives Abraham this promise, and he never sees it fulfilled. But his life is in line with what God tells him to do. And guess what? A nation is going to see it fulfilled. God is about the long long game, and he's, he's not going to do shortcuts. He's not going to do detours. He's got a plan. He's going to go through the valleys. He's going to take you over the hills and through the mountains. He's going to take you across the seas, and sometimes he's going to take you right through the desert. 
it's it's this whole thing about trusting God, whatever is going on. Second thing about God is God's plan for your life is an event, but it's a life, and it's all of it. See, we get the idea that that uh, you know God's called me to do something, and I've got to do that thing. Did you know God doesn't need you to do that thing? He can use somebody else. He really, I mean, he's God. He's sufficient in and of himself. He's more concerned about you than that thing. And if he doesn't need you to do that thing, what is that thing about? That thing is about us being obedient and following God through right where we are, not giving up. You see, he demands an entire life. Abraham, Moses, Paul. And if you look at people that have made the biggest difference in the world, it's the same way. Churchill, Lincoln, I mean, Gandhi. If, if you look at people who've made a difference in the world, it wasn't that they were successful when they young, when they were young, or they came up with something to do, but it was their philosophy of life, how they lived, and they lived it for the long haul. Here's something else that I saw one day that at a time when I was really hurting and struggling, saying, God, where are you? Third thing is God sends us into the desert sometimes. Luke 4, 2, it says, Jesus, listen to this, led into the desert by the Spirit. I'll let that sink in. Do you know God literally sometimes is taking us into the desert because there's some things that we're not going to experience anywhere else. We feel like sometimes that desert experience is something we're being pushed into. Our back's against the wall, and there's nothing that we can do. It's not that way at all. If you're his child and you're walking in obedience and you're going through a desert, I've got good news for you. He's right in that desert with you. And here's what's cool. You're going to discover things about him in that desert. You're not going to learn anywhere else. You're going to learn he's sufficient. You're going to learn that you can worship him. You're going to learn that you can have joy. You're going to learn that that even if the dream that you had or the success that you thought would happen didn't come, you're going to discover the attributes of God, not merely in your mind, but in your heart and in your life, which leads me to the fourth thing. God's deserts. Oh, my gosh. Did, did I say that? God's deserts? I mean, what about desert? No, God's deserts are very fruitful. Did, did you know that you won't just go through a desert in your life? You may go to two or three deserts. You may go four or five deserts. And, and once you go through your first desert, you come out okay. Guess what? Each desert you go into can be a little tougher. You pass that desert, can you pass the next one? And he's not going to take you beyond what you can bear. That's the good news. But the reality is when we go through that desert, those deserts are very fruitful, both in us personally, in our walk with God, and also into the character that he is making us into through the character traits and the qualities, through the discovery of who he is and what he's doing in our life. All of these things make us into the people that we are. So that desert I went into in 1992 lasted about four years. Man, when we came out of that desert, our church grew in an incredible way. It was in that desert that God planted the seeds of Vietnam that our church ultimately worked, and we've been there for close to 30 years now. 
It was in that desert that I stumbled into the kingdom of God. It was in that desert that I discovered discipleship and domains and many of the things. So a lot of the things that I teach pastors today came from that desert. Yeah, your desert is a fruitful time. Did you know when it rains in a desert, it just blooms? Sometimes really quick, just for 24 hours, but it blooms. And that desert that you're in is God's way of putting putting seeds in there so that when it rains, oh man, it's going to be beautiful. I've been through other deserts. I went through a desert 2010 to, frankly, about 2015 or 16. It was a longer desert. It's when we desegregated our church and and when we also begin to reach out to the Muslim community around us, and and I didn't change my theology. I still believe what I believed about Jesus, but I became friends with people that wasn't real popular for evangelicals to be friends with. But even though that was a hard desert, and there were people that left our church, and, and there was a tremendous amount of pain that came with that, it led to literally what I'm doing today. Our work with Muslims and Jews and Buddhists and Hindus all over the world, because through that hardship, it caused many of them to know what was going on, and they were blown away that I would be willing to uh, sacrifice. And, and I don't know I was willing to sacrifice. I just didn't have a choice. I mean, I was in the desert. There was no turning back. I had to keep my feet moving. But my word, the doors that it opened up and the life that I live today and the things that I'm involved in would not have happened. And I'm not going through that desert. Some of you are dreaming of God to use. You say, oh, God, use me. And he's taking you through a desert. And you're going, he's not using me. Let me tell you what he's doing. He's getting you ready. Because when you come out of that desert, you're going to say, oh, God, slow down. I'm, I can't do it anymore. I found myself more than once in that, that area. Today, I was supposed to be doing this podcast about three hours ago. And there's just too many things, too many phone calls I could not say no to, exciting things that God is doing. And so in those deserts, you're going to learn all kind of stuff. Just hang in there. So final thing I'd say to you, in that desert, be patient. I know that's hard, and I'm not a patient person. And I think sometimes the more impatient you get, the longer God's going to say, you just wait. I had to get my knees replaced this last year. There's nothing I could do to speed them up. As a matter of fact, when I tried to speed, when I tried to spill up the speed up the healing process, I actually made it worse one week because I was just so I got to get better. I got to get out of here. There are things that I've got to get done. So here's what I want you to understand in the desert: obedience, obedience is more important than anything else. Going through that desert, stay true to your values, stay true to the truth that you know. And just, just be faithful to him. Don't, don't worry about, are you going to get recognized? Just die to that. Don't worry about, are you going to be a success? Celebrate that God is a success. Don't, don't worry about, boy, people are going to look down at me and my reputation and everything else. Let it go. Let it go. Instead, celebrate who God is, that he's with you in that desert. I'd also say deal with your junk in the desert. We go through that desert. It's a time of reflection. And you can see things in your life. I've seen things in my life when I'm in the desert. That's not good, Bob. You need to deal with that. Deal with your junk. What are things that need to be gone from your life? You know, when you go across a desert, you want to 
You want to take as little as you can because it's going to be hot. It's going to be sweaty. Many times we Christians try to take the world with us. We try to take our past with us. Let go of those things. Let the desert be a place that we go, you know what? I don't have to have that anymore. The desert is also a place of reflection on wisdom. One of the things that you'll see if, if you can do what James says and ask God for wisdom and be patient, as James says, and when he talks about going through trials and tribulations, not giving up, you'll learn so much about wisdom. you learn about yourself where you don't have wisdom when you're trying to hurry up and see God come through. You'll also see the foolishness of how other people will compromise their own values and, and what they believe. It's an opportunity for reflection about the meaning of life, reflection about what's real truth, reflection about what is wisdom. That's something we don't do a lot, but it's critical. In the desert, you're going to discover more about who God is. I don't know why, and it makes me frustrated even say this to you, but the whole idea that I've got to go through crisis to discover who God is, wouldn't it be nice if he could just tell us, we could say, okay, but it doesn't work that way because there's a mental knowledge that God is something, but there's also a heart knowledge that God is something. And for that to happen, we have to go through an experience. Also, know this, that small things in the desert done consistently lead to unexpected things. And so when you're going to come out of that desert, no telling what you're going to experience. And, and by the way, when you come out of that desert, you probably aren't even going to realize you came out of it. You've been in it for so long. Just some things are happening that are good or, or some things are coming to an end. You may not even recognize it at first. I don't like the idea. Some people say things like, when I hear them say this, the Lord, you know, a plane went down and somebody survived. The Lord was with me. And, and I get it. The Lord was with them. But wasn't the Lord with those other people on the plane too? And, and I think what we have to realize is God is with us in the good and the bad. And I think his goal for us in all of this is to look at the lush valley that's beautiful and be excited about it and to look at the desert and know God is there too. Final thing I'd say to you is this, see the beauty in the desert. I hate to say this, but when you come out of your desert and you've learned some things and God is using you in some profound ways, you'll almost look on the desert with nostalgia and go, wow, that's where God met me. That's where I heard his voice. Don't give up. Just keep getting up. Just keep getting up. It's not how fast you go. It's that you keep your feet moving. Endurance is not about getting it over as quick as you can, but living your life during those hard times with the presence of Jesus living in you so that he is the prize and you've won, even in the desert. 
Thank you so much for joining us for Journal Sessions with Pastor Bob Roberts Jr. on the Bold Love Podcast. If you were impacted by this conversation, we would like to ask a favor. First, if you found this episode impactful, please share it on social media and recommend it to a friend. Second, like most podcasts, we are able to make these impactful conversations happen with support from partnering organizations and individuals like you. If you felt led to support these type of conversations, you can do so now and give at support.boldlovepodcast.com. Whether it's a single gift or a monthly donation, we are so thankful for you. For more information on this podcast, show notes, and any other references, you can go to boldlovepodcast.com to get all the information there. We appreciate you joining us. And remember on the Bold Love Podcast, we encourage you to live out your faith boldly, learn how to better love your neighbor, and learn how to relate to others despite your differences without compromising your faith. See you next time.